the word. Yes. Turn with me to Acts chapter 10, and uh, we'll start in Acts chapter 10 with verse 38. You know, there's a huge amount of excitement around Jesus. That, that's an understatement, right? Uh, Jesus is an exciting person. Uh, Jesus is the excitor. Everywhere he goes, things happen. Amen? I mean, Jesus is controversial. If you don't think so, just, uh, you know, stand in the middle of Walmart and say, hey, anybody here know about Jesus? And uh, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll create a stir. You'll create a stir in the natural because people are naturally opinionated about Jesus. Most people are. And, uh, and then it'll create a stir in the spiritual realm because Jesus has many friends in the unseen realm. He also has many enemies in the unseen realm. And so if you want to cause a stir, just mention his name. Just, uh, just talk about Jesus because uh, uh, he is not a boring individual. There's all kinds of excitement around Jesus. If you think of Jesus and you, you present Jesus as a religious, historical figure that, that makes no difference in today's world, you don't know the real Jesus. You, you ought to be able to get excited just thinking about Him. And, and if you start talking about I know when I'm talking about Jesus to somebody that doesn't know Him, I start, I start getting all excited on the inside. And um, and I start I start shaking, quivering. I can hear my vo I can hear it in my voice. I, I I just feel all excited all over my body because I'm I'm talking to someone about the most exciting person that there is, and that's Jesus Christ, the Lord. And uh, uh, just imagine then what it was like in the Bible days be being one of his disciples. Can you imagine what it's like? You know, following Jesus around everywhere Jesus went. Uh, if you think it was if it, it was a quiet and peaceful and and uh, you know uninteresting uh, uh, thing to be with Jesus, you you don't know what they knew. Following Jesus was uh, made them nervous wrecks. Following Jesus and and uh, and watching Jesus was was exciting, challenging, terrifying. Puzzling. All of those kinds of adjectives describe what it was like to be around Jesus and uh, not what the religious, you know, pictures and, and whatever depicts. You know, him just calmly sitting with his disciples and his halo over his head and they're all over there just kind of laying back, you know. No, it wasn't like that at all. It was too, uh, there was never a moment like that. Amen. Because, because look what Acts 10.38 said. It said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now that sounds exciting. Doesn't it? Jesus went about everywhere and they're with him. They're following him around. They're observing and participating in everything he's doing. And he's going around everywhere, healing everybody and delivering everybody from the devil's power. 
destroying the works of the devil because God was with him. Verse 39, And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree, and him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. So they were with him when he's healing the sick, working miracles. They were with him when he's casting out devils. They were with him uh, when he was arrested and tried and crucified and buried. And they were with him when he rose again on the third day. And they were with him when he was walking around openly, raised from the dead for 40 days. And they were with him when he ascended into heaven. That was not boring. That was exciting. Amen. Well, look in Matthew 9.33. Uh, it says that when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. Now, there was this guy who was possessed of a devil and he couldn't speak. And so Jesus told the, demons, the demon to get out and the demon left and the man spoke. And the multitudes marveled saying it was never seen like this in Israel. Now, th this, this is a descriptive of the ministry of Jesus. Wherever Jesus did, whatever Jesus said, whatever Jesus performed was new. It was unbefore un heard of, unbefore seen. And the multitudes, the people around that witnessed his, his life and his ministry, they were constantly commenting that, well, we've never heard anybody talk like this. We've never seen anybody do this before. This is, have you ever seen this? Have you ever seen anybody do that? No, we, ne we never saw this before. This is new. This is, this is absolutely mind-boggling. Mark 2.12 told about when Jesus healed the lame man and told him to take up his bed and walk. It says that immediately, Mark 2.12, immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Now that's what it was like to follow Jesus. If you follow Jesus, you're going to get your mind blown. You're going to get your mind expanded. You're going to see things you never saw before. You're going to be scratching your head. What was that? What did he say? He said some strange things that had him wondering. He was full of signs and wonders and miracles that caused people to, uh, 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 to sit up and take notice that something new and different was happening. That's the Jesus we follow. That's the Jesus we sing about and worship today. Not the boring Jesus that most religions present. The Jesus we follow is anything but boring. Amen. Well, because of that, there's a certain there's a certain uncertainty about walking with Jesus. I'll say that again. Because of who he is and what he's like, walking with Jesus is is uncertain. Unpredictable in many ways. Uh, one man called it gracious uncertainty amen first uh, john turn to first john uh, chapter three 
First John chapter that that's in the back of the Bible. First John chapter three. That's right before second John. Which is right before third John. Amen. First John chapter three. I want to, I want to, I'm talking about this uncertainty. Walking with Jesus, it, it'll make you nervous. Ask his disciples. Ask Peter, James, or John. Ask any of them. Does walking with Jesus make you nervous? What do you think their answer is going to be? Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. Amen. You can be certain about Jesus, but you don't. You can't be certain about what He's going to say or do. Amen. And uh, so He says in uh, in First John chapter three, uh, verse one, He says, "Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God." And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Because of your relationship with Jesus, you really don't know how this is going to turn out for you. It does not yet appear what you are going to be. You know what that tells me? That in, in Christ, we are going to have to trust Him for the outcome of our life. There are some things we can predict. There are some things we can know for sure. But there are a whole lot of things we're going to be graciously uncertain about. Right? We don't, for example, we don't know, we don't know who we're going to be when He's finished making us. He does say here in this verse, He says, It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. So we, we know the end result is going to be like Jesus, but we don't know in our particular case what form that's going to take and what expression that's going to be. We don't know the day that we're going to die. There have been individuals in history that God told them that on the day you're going to die. Catherine Kuhlman knew she was going to die at 11, 12 p.m. on a certain date. And she did. God told her. There have been people who, who God did reveal the very, the very day and hour and minute that they're going to die. But even in that, there's uncertainty. You don't know how. You don't know what's going to kill you. You don't necessarily know, uh, you know what the circumstances surrounding that moment and how you get to that moment. There's just a lot of stuff that you're just going to have to trust God for. Because he, he, he requires us to walk by faith and not by sight. And so He doesn't give us uh, exact certainty. He gives us gracious uncertainty. Are y'all following me? Yes. Are y'all understand? How many of you live there? You live in that. You know what I'm talking about. I know God's going to meet my need, but He hasn't revealed to me how He's going to meet it. Or when. You know, or who he's going to use, or what he's going to require me to do. There's there's a whole lot about walking with Jesus that it will keep you on pins and needles, and that's where he wants us. Amen. So our natural inclination is to be precise, 
to try and always to be to be able to forecast ex accurately what happens next. You know, the gift that we always covet is the gift of prophecy. Why? Because we want to know what's going to happen before it happens so we can get ready for it. Nobody likes to know where they're not know where they're going. You know, yesterday uh, Ruth and I were out, and uh, we were um, going home, and I took a different route. And she says, "Where are you going?" I said, "I don't know." <laughs> well, in my mind, I was going home, but I just didn't go the normal way, right? I just, you know, we were talking, and I missed the exit or whatever. We were, you know, we, I knew I could get home from where we were. And so we discussed, you know, we'll, we'll, we get home, we're going to have such and such for lunch. And we were talking about our lunch menu. And then we're driving along and all of a sudden I turn, I'm, I'm going into a pizza place. She said, what are you going here for? I said, I don't know. I, I said, why did, why did I turn? So I made a U-turn, went back, you know, and got back on the right track, you know. So, you know, riding around with me is kind of like riding around with Jesus. You know you're going to eventually get to where you're going, but you're uncertain about the route. And I told Ruth, I said, Ruth, just have faith. <laughs> we think we must reach some predetermined goal, but that's just not the nature of spiritual life. The nature of spiritual life is that we are certain in our uncertainty. Say, certain in my uncertainty. That means that we are certain about God. We're certain about Jesus. We are convinced of His love for us. But we're going to have to trust Him for every step of the journey. Amen. There are some things that we can be certain about, but we can't presume to see ourselves in any future circumstance apart from the will of God. Amen. Certainty is uh, the mark of a real boring life. And I just told you that walking with Jesus is not a boring life. There are some things about God that you, that you can predict. For example, what's God going to do? He's going to do what He said He would do. Amen? Now beyond that, we're just going to have to trust Him. We know, that, we know this about God. He doesn't change. He doesn't fail. He doesn't lie. But that sure leaves a whole lot of room for us to have our faith tested. Amen. It's not always a smooth ride. Ask his disciples that. He tells them to get in the boat. We're going to the other side. And they run smack dab into a, tor a storm. To the point that the, the ship was tossed around so much they thought they were going to die. Well, they had Jesus. They had the Word. They had, let's go to the other side. But the circumstances of life made that not a boring trip. Amen. Can you say amen? We're uncertain. We're certain about God, but we're uncertain about the next step. That's true. And I, I know I'm reading your mail because I'm reading mine. So how should we approach life 
with Jesus? Well, he gave us a big clue in Matthew 18, verse 3. Matthew 18, verse 3. What did he say there? He said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. The hint is in that phrase, as little children. We have to approach God as little children. Now, how does the little children approach his mom or his dad? They know mom and dad can be trusted. They know that mom and dad love them. They know that mom and dad can do anything. They know that mom and dad will take care of them and protect them and lay down their lives for them. Little kids, they just have this extreme confidence in mom and daddy. Beyond that, they don't know. They don't know a how. They don't know when. They don't know what shape and form it's going to take. But they know they can trust mom and dad. Their focus is not on circumstances and happenings. Their focus is on the integrity of mommy and daddy. Amen. You heard the story about the, the, the little boy that was at the top of the staircases and the light went out. And the little boy couldn't see his way down the stairs. And so daddy's at the foot of the stairs. And daddy says, you just, you jump. Little boy couldn't see daddy. Y'all heard that story? Couldn't see daddy. Daddy, you know, he couldn't see the little boy. It's pitch dark. But daddy says, jump and I'll catch you. And the little boy just dove into the darkness. And his daddy caught him. And he was safely down the stairs. Well, what does that mean? It means the little boy didn't know how, where, and what fashion, but he knew he could trust his daddy. Do you trust daddy God? Amen. As a little child, Jesus says you have to become like a little child if you're going to relate properly to Father God. You have to trust Him. Kids don't know the details. They don't. Listen, the kids will ask for a little a, a, a train set for Christmas. They have no idea how much that train set costs. They have no idea what dad's going to have to do to go through to get that train set. They have no idea how much they're going to have to go store to store to store to store until they find it. You know, they, they, have, they have no concept of what is, of the disturbance in the, in the universe that that little wish is going to cause. But they just confidently expect that Christmas morning when they walk into the living room, there surrounding that tree is a track and a little train on that track because they have confidence in mommy and daddy. Yeah. And that's the way we approach the Almighty God. I don't know how He's going to do it. I don't know what He's going to have to go through. I don't know if He's going to have to move heaven and earth, but I do know He is capable of moving heaven and earth to get me my train set. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. As a little child, that, that's, that's the, the clue, huge clue on being able to deal with this, uh, this gracious uncertainty called life. We, when we have the right relationship with God, life is full of spontaneous, joyful, 
uncertainty, and expectancy. Life becomes a thrill. It becomes like going up, up, up on a roller coaster and getting to the top, not knowing exactly when it's going to drop, but knowing it is going to drop. And no matter how you get ready for the drop, it's always a shock and a surprise. And we call that fun. Amusement park. We call that adventure. Well, life is, God has designed our lives to be like that. To be full of surprises, full of turns and curves and twists in the road. And dangers, toils and snares. But His grace, even though life is uncertain in many areas, His grace is the most certain thing we have. Amen? Praise God. Amazing grace. It sings all about that. Look at John 14. John 14, verse 1. See, I, I, I think the reason the Lord's having me uh, speak on this is there are some folks that are feeling anxious. And I believe there's some folks that are looking at the future and looking at the news and what's going on in the world. And they're allowing it to cause them to be um, uncomfortable. It's amazing how many Christians have said to me that they, they feel this sense, almost like a sense of panic. But God doesn't want you to live in panic. He wants you to live by faith, focusing on those things that are sure. His word is sure. His, his prophetic word is certain. He is certain. And in this uncertain world, we, He wants us to not go, He doesn't want us to live this life getting ulcers. He wants to live this life casting all of our care on Him and, and enjoying the adventure of this life. This is an adventure. Life is adventurous. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Let's just stop there. I mean, he goes on saying some wonderful things about heaven and Father's house and there's a room being prepared for us. But let's just stop here with verse 1. Jesus said, and this is not a suggestion, it's a command. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Well, how in the world can I not let my heart be troubled in these troubled times? And he tells us how. You believe in God, believe also in me. Don't dwell on the things that are troubling you. Dwell on what brings peace in your life. See, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He didn't come to trouble you. He came to bring peace. And so, if you believe in that, then that certainty about who Jesus is will guide you through all the troubled waters. Amen? Leave everything to Him and it will be gloriously and graciously uncertain how He's going to come in and rescue. But you can be certain that He will come. 
Just be faithful to Him. Look in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Start with verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever been in a race, but races are exciting. When you're in a race, you got adrenaline flowing. You got blood surging through every part of your body. The wind is in your hair. Bugs are in your teeth. And I mean, people are yelling and screaming on both sides of you. Running a race is never boring. Is it? How many of you have ever been in a race? It's exciting. Why do people race? Because it's exciting. It's fun. Do you always win? No, but it's still fun. I've been in a lot of races where I was the last one across the line. But I had a blast. I've been in races where I fell on my face. Man, I, I, was, I was running for home plate playing baseball one time. And, and I, I was going to slide into home base. And I started sliding and I didn't get there. I slid too deep and it stopped me and flipped me over and, and I, I dislocated this finger. It was just kind of sitting up there like that. And I skint my pants, you know, ripped my pants all the way up to my thigh and got this road rash on my legs. And I was bleeding and my finger was hurting. and. Uh, and I was tagged out. But I had a great time. I mean, I remember going home that day, bleeding, my pants ripped, my mother saying, what happened to you? And I said, oh man, we had so much fun. We had so much fun. And I explained to her, and she says, you mean you, you got tagged out? You didn't get a home run? I said, no, but I, I had a great time trying. I just got run down. You know. I was 35 years old, by the way, when that happened. Uh -huh. Yeah, I got run down by an 18-year-old. And he was so happy. He was so happy that he'd not, that he tagged out the pastor. <laughs> Nearly killed him in the process. But we had a blast. Yeah, my mother was still alive then. I told her about it. What happened to you? I said, well, I was having fun with the young ones. Following Jesus is fun. <laughs> it's exciting. It is exhilarating, thrilling, amazing. Just being with Jesus is amazing. How anybody could give up following Jesus blows my mind. It just tells me they weren't following Him very close. Following Jesus it means to focus on Him. Notice what He says in, verse, in, in uh, Hebrews 12. He says, We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, 
That word looking means to focus intently. Focus intently upon Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We're to be like Jesus in the sense that we, we keep our eyes on the prize and we don't let the path to the prize cause us to give up. His path to the prize was the cross, the humiliation, the absolute embarrassment of the whole situation, the pain and the agony of it. You think Jesus wasn't a little angst about it? Wasn't a little nervous about it? Well, go, go read about His prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Three times He asked the Lord to let this cup pass from me. He was sweating it. How many of you understand Jesus was sweating the cross? But there was a couple of things Jesus knew beyond any shadow of a doubt. He knew what was on the other side of it. He, had, he knew the joy that would be His on the other side. And He knew that He could trust the Father and the Father's plan. See, when He said, not my will, but Thy will be done, He was saying, Lord, I'm trusting the plan. Because You are in charge of the plan. You see, God has a plan for your life. You're not going to go to the cross. You're not going to be nailed to the cross. But you may be called upon to bear a cross. To carry a cross. You may be called upon to lay down something. Or to lay down upon something. You may be, you may be humiliated. You may be misunderstood and persecuted. You may be treated horribly. But if you'll keep your focus on Jesus. The Bible says He is our reward. Amen? Amen. So the certain thing that you can focus on is Jesus. Listen, I'm not talking about focus on what you know about Him. Focus on scriptural facts about Him. Focus on head knowledge about Him. No. Find Him in your life and, and get personal with Him. And focus on Him personally. It's not what you know about Him. It's do you know Him? Amen? You need to know Jesus because it's in looking unto Him that you find not only the beginning but the finishing of your faith. He'll bring you to your desired end. Amen? He'll bring you to victory. How? I don't know. When? I don't know. What's He going to use? I don't know. But I do know Him. Amen? Praise God.